Hello, everyone. Welcome to Popcast on the Rocks. This is episode 60. Uh, we're a podcast here about talking um, about pop culture and things we like um, that are related to. My name is John. I'm joined by Andrea. Thanks again for being here. Of course. Where else would I be on a Friday night? This is the happening place. I don't know. Clubbing, <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, definitely as a yeah. new mom, my only other option between podcast is uh, clubbing. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Mm -hmm. Yep. I mean, I have uh, I've known people to do it or at least seen them on TV. So right, right. Yeah, I always uh, now that I'm a mom, I find it interesting um, when TV shows depict parents like going out to like the club or whatever, you know, on a weekend. I'm like, where are your kids? Like, do you, do you just like, have babysitters like on the ready all the time? They're just Maybe. like, yeah, let's go to the club. Let's get out. Yeah. Like, I've got a four week old baby, but who cares? Well, yeah. Yeah. Baby babies. That's definitely a different story. I was going to say, you know, <laughs> when, uh, when it's kids, I get any, it. Yeah. Reference any anime for like, where parents are just not existent. Yep. They're the never time. there. <laughs> so, yeah. Anyways. Um, if this is the first episode you've ever tuned into, welcome uh, for the big six O. Um, nothing out of the ordinary, just greatness like normal. Um, <laughs> but later we're going to be talking about the movie The Woman in the Window uh, that is now on Netflix based on a novel of the same name, I believe. Mm -hmm. And um, prior to that, we'll catch up on our weeks a little bit and then cover a bit of news um, and you found quite a bit. There is there is stuff happening. There are things happening. Yeah, um, yeah. It's a busy little entertainment world out there. Yeah. But uh anyways, what have you been what have you been up to this week? We normally do the Wednesday show. We get you got a couple yeah. extra days to do something. That's right. That's yeah. right. I spent I spent them well, I think, because I progressed a little bit in Res Evil. Um, so okay. for those yeah, for those of you who haven't tuned in uh before. Um, we have both started playing Resident Evil Village, which was just released, I believe, May 7th or 8th, um, early May. Um, so yeah, so I'm now, uh, deeper into the old village. I still haven't gotten to the castle yet. Um, okay. but I have had my first couple of encounters with the, uh, creatures, I guess we'll, we'll call them to not spoil anything for anybody who wants okay. to play and be surprised. But yeah, okay. so that's that's been a bit of fun that I've been sneaking um, in, you know, when baby's taking a nap and whatnot. Um, I've also watched more of Netflix's Shadow and Bone, um, which has continued to be, in my estimation, a great series, even if it has diverged a little bit from the books. Um, mm -hmm. I'm not quite sure why this divergence, you know, was added. Um, cause it's a, a couple of different characters that weren't in the books that are now in the series. Um, and I'm not sure even if the storyline is good, I'm not sure what they're bringing yet. So kind of staying okay. tuned to see where that addition is going. Um, and then watched some Castlevania. I'm about halfway through the fourth season. So if anybody else is farther, no spoilers for us, please. Um, and then I read The Jane Austen Society, 
which was like a cute little book about the formation of a society in England um, dedicated to the preservation of like Jane Austen's um, cottage where she lived and wrote and like the things that were in there um, that somebody else was trying to auction off. And it was a cute little novel based, you know, kind of partially in reality because there is such a society um, and she does have a house in England that's, you know, dedicated and preserved to her life. Um, I have not been, but I've been to a similar place for another writer um, when I was over in, in uh, England on one of my research trips over there. So that was kind of fun just to like, you know, it was very light reading, um, just speaking to kind of some of my other academic interests, but I would definitely recommend it. It's not only a cute book, um, but it's also kind of fun to see how these things happen, like kind of behind the scenes. Sure. They actually give you like the legal um, background of like, okay, this is how you form like a charitable trust. Like this is kind of the board setup that you have to have. So if anybody's ever interested in doing something like that, this book is a good little guideline. So yeah. Are you, are you going to do it? Is there something you'd be interested in? <laughs> uh yeah i mean if uh if the right thing came along i suppose i would but uh, i feel like everything i care about right now anyway already has like charitable kind of trusts and preservations too. yeah mm -hmm. yeah i mean obviously my academic interests lie far in the past so you know usually people have already got that covered um right you know more recent things like you know I, I'm a huge Metallica fan. Well, they've got, you know, 20 different, you know, groups and fans and they're yeah. all, you know, buying up Metallica stuff and putting it in different places around San Francisco where the, the band is based. So can't do much yeah. there. We'll we'll see. We'll see if something in the future like pops up. You have to care about something that most others don't. Right. Exactly. So kind of has to be unique. Mm -hmm. And while uh, while obviously Jane Austen isn't considered you know, unique now at the time, you know, that this society was formed, right. you know, it was so. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's cool. Um, yeah, you did get a, quite a bit in then. How much mm -hmm. more of Shadow and Bone do you have then? Uh, just two episodes. They're, they're a bit longer. Oh. So um, I'm not quite finished with the series. It's only an eight episode series, but yeah. Yeah, okay. I'm uh, I'm getting there. I'm getting done. I'm hoping to get to it as well, so we can we can talk about that one. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I uh, I would highly recommend it for anybody. I would definitely suggest, but not require reading the books first because I feel like it gives you a nice background of mm -hmm. uh, you know the the way that this um magical kind of society is set up. Or this like supernatural, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't ever know what to call that. Is it like mystical? Is it magical? Is it supernatural? There's some, there's some like elemental design and, you know, magic sort of element to this world. So okay. yeah, regardless of what you but, call it, it, it is a good, I, it is a good help to you as, as the viewer to understand how this all works if you read the book, but it's not necessary, like thinking about it. Man. And I can bring that perspective then of the <laughs> the ignoranus that didn't read the book, and then like the show still needs to do its job, you know. That's right. That's right. Can't leave you in the dust. So. 
Yeah. Well, and we can get into that a little bit too later because I don't believe that you've read The Woman in the Window by A.J. Finn. And I have. So. Okay. Yeah, we can discuss that a little bit later too. Yeah. Well, I did do some reading this week, but it was like (laughs) light reading, manga reading. All right. What have you got? um, Some of them are some of them are more wordy, but uh, not the one not these. Um, I read volume one of Goblin Slayer, um, which. Self-explanatory or. (laughs) Yes, it's hardcore. Okay. Is is very hardcore, very, very adult. Um, I don't know that I'll keep reading it, um, but. But it's well drawn and um, mm-hmm. it could be interesting. It's it's hard to tell after one one volume, I sure. guess. Sure. Um, and then my favorite manga ever is um, we talked about on the show before. Maybe I shared a piece, of, a couple pieces of art from it or whatever. But um, it's spelled blame, but I guess pronounced blam to my understanding. Oh, OK. <laughs> I don't. Because... I could be wrong. Correct me if I'm wrong. <laughs> I, I don't know. Interesting. Um, but it's really, really good. I've read all the volumes on um, digitally on like the iBook store. I bought them. I kind of want to buy them all physically now. Mm-hmm. Um, and but anyways, there's some new ones, new volumes, new to me that I didn't know existed before. So I picked up two of them digitally. One is like a comedic spinoff not in canon or whatever where they take these characters and put them in like a high school environment or whatever so it's completely (laughs) silly i i didn't get ready to read that one yet okay and then there's another one that's sort of a prequel which i'm worried about reading but i didn't read that one yet either and then i picked up physically um the electro fisher's escape and um this is actually the other way around, it's based on the anime that I believe is on Netflix. So they they did oh. the manga and then they made a story that's separate and takes place within that. Um, that's an animated movie uh, okay. on Netflix called Blam, Blame. Um, <laughs> and they adapted that into a manga then. Interesting. And, uh, my understanding. Yeah. And so I had seen the movie. And so when I read through this, I did like remember a lot of it. But I I guess I prefer. So manga being black and white, mm-hmm. like having a lot of that stuff. I just feel like there's more left to the imagination there that I like that mm-hmm. I don't need filled in in the in the animated version um, okay. for this. So but I really enjoyed reading this and it inspired me so much that um yesterday i spent most of my afternoon after i got like stuff i really needed to get done done um writing a one-shot D campaign based around um this world and oh, cool. uh, with, with the hopes i was going to play it last night but then that fell through so um but is it something you can save for more. another night or? yeah yeah it, okay all right what, yeah I was I was wondering, I was like, maybe that's one we should play on stream or something, you know? Yeah. It's untested. I have no idea if it's any good or not, but uh but yeah, I um 
I spent I spent hours anyways on one day doing it. Mm -hmm. So it'd be fun to fun to do. Yeah, I'd love to test um, it out. So I'm sure yeah. uh, it'd be it'd be fun to, you know, you do talk about, you know, obviously D and D a lot because you've got, you know, your your weekly um playing. But yeah, we haven't uh we haven't really done anything or I haven't like gotten to get in on the action at all. So it'd be fun to like mm -hmm. get a sample of what you do for D and D. Yeah. I, I'm worried about doing it on stream. It just <laughs> you know takes away i feel like it takes something away you know or you really have to pretend that the stream is not there at all sure you know, i don't know yeah. but, hey hey i've got plenty yeah. of experience of that that's just theater that's just uh you mm -hmm. know ignoring your audience don't break that fourth wall mm -hmm. when maybe maybe when we have our discussion with dm people uh yeah. when we play it then or something like that yeah if you're interested yeah, so. there you go. There's a little preview teaser for our audience. We're planning uh, planning several episodes in the future, and one of them will be a talk with a couple of dungeon masters talking about D&D &D and how they approach that. So, yeah, that'll be fun. I think it'd be a great, like, you know, fun little example of everybody. Be interesting to, to have D&D uh, &D play with, like, only dungeon masters. <laughs> well, and me. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. Yeah. See, see how it goes for people who are used to being in control. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, I love, um, well, one of the people we're hoping to have on, she has um, mostly played versus okay. DM'd. So, okay. um, and I don't know about the other one for sure. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I definitely like, I love doing it, but I would also like to be part of a campaign where I'm just a player too. Like it's sure. been a, it's been a while. So sure. Um, bu bu bum. other like manga animated related stuff. I just started Clannad last night. Excellent. So, Excellent. Just like one or two in, I'm assuming. Two episodes. Yep. Mm. Okay. Yeah. And, um, it's, it's very weird. Like mm -hmm. I really like it so far. It's promising. But, um, but yeah, I, um, it's, um, it's yeah. so quirky. Like, I don't know what to think like that. I, I don't know. I like it though. It's just very weird. Yeah. It's, so. it's kind of an odd pairing of like a slice of life with some sort of supernatural, very, um, it's like a supernatural mystery, but it's also like very foreboding. There's like some sort of like sure. clear. Do you know what I'm talking about? Like with those cutaway shots to that girl who who's like in the room by herself and she's like, I'm coming for you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's yeah, there's something to that, that obviously, you know, being only a couple episodes in, you know, you don't get where this is going. Yeah. So it's a very odd juxtaposition against each other. but. Well, yeah. it's just some of the weird responses. I swear yeah. they're just like high when they're writing it or something, I guess, because like he goes and tries the one weird pastry and yep. then the person just runs out crying and then they end up in with the family there and then he's being called an idiot, right? Oh, you don't look so smart. Like they're just very weird people. Yep. You know, on the time yep. when he gets his, like the, it takes the knife away from the one girl. 
Like, I'm just going to, you know, like, like here, high five me. I know your hands hurt. And then <laughs> it doesn't, it's weird. Yes. I, I don't want to like talk about it all for people if they haven't seen it. I'm not going to, not going to say any spoilers, but if you've seen it, you'll get what I'm saying. It's, um, for sure. But, but yeah, I'm excited to continue. So, same. Um, yeah, we finished Castlevania and uh, eagerly anticipate talking about that in full spoiler detail next week. Yes. Um, got into some more Resident Evil. Um, I don't remember when we, when I, what I, where I was when I last talked about it on stream. You had just entered the castle, and I think you said you'd done like a few puzzles, per chance, in there. Okay. But you weren't very deep into it yet. Okay. Yeah, I'm I'm out of the castle. I'm I don't know. I feel like I'm probably halfway or something like that. So okay. But this game, I mean, I heard earlier that some people were saying it's not gonna be scary or something, or it's not that scary. So far, it's scary. Like it's <laughs> harrowing. Like I uh definitely edge of my seat. So nice. Yeah, what uh what well are you done. playing on, by the way? Are you playing on like normal, easy or hard just normal yeah okay all right i was just yep. curious yeah i uh i i always default to that yeah i i don't think i've ever like brought it down to easy mode though i should sometimes probably just when there's a game that's what I, i'm just not in there for challenge i'm just right. there for story so yeah but yeah, yeah. i i kind of felt like yeah, I wasn't going to go like from the get go. I wasn't going to go on the difficult level, but I didn't really want to set it to easy just to get through it either. So, mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, I feel like I could manage hard on this because it's usually not the in this kind of game. It's not the combat or something like that that gives me an issue. It's just missing a clue or a place I'm supposed to go or something like that. Right. Same that me kind of like running around a bit. And then, and then when there's games that you need to kind of run around and look around mm -hmm. then, and it's really scary or like your supplies are low or something like that. You don't really want to do that. Right. But that's what you need to do. So. Right. But, uh, yeah, no, I feel I... like I lingered a little bit long or I'm lingering a little bit long in the village because feel like i'm missing something mm. you know like that's how i always There's... feel with like resident evil even in like when i go back and play resident evil 4 like i still like linger in the initial village probably way too long because i'm like trying to search out every little you know yep side quest or like treasure thing that i can find so i feel like on a game like this um whether it's not really going to be the side quest and stuff i feel like a lot of that stuff is better left for the second playthrough mm -hmm. you know sometimes mm -hmm. a game like this that really feels good going through it fluidly if you can you know right then mm -hmm. you're stuck in the like the even pacing of the horror and the thrills and stuff whereas if you if you end up dawdling too much you start losing that thread of the story yeah yeah mm -hmm. yeah so all right, um, I hear you. I'll yeah. hurry my butt up. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Um, Alan's giving it a tip here. Definitely use the map to determine if you've gotten pickups from the room. Yeah, yeah the I, map is very handy, yes. I 
Yeah, I just found that feature and figured that out. I really like that. That is super helpful because I am the person who's always like circling back to be like, oh, maybe there's like a corner over here. Like, you know, mm-hmm. I've I've got like a secret room I found or something. And it's like now they've they've color coded it to show you, OK, you've you've got everything that's here. Yeah, so that's nice. Yep. Yep, I would like to. I mean, it would have been would be fun to have you streaming and me be able to see your reactions to some of the moments <laughs> later. Be, yeah, there was fun. there was uh, definitely some cursing when I first <laughs> encountered some of the creatures. So yeah, we'd have to we'd have to yep. warn everybody. I have no filter on that, but yeah, yeah, I can uh, mm-hmm. I can see what I can do on on streaming. So yeah, well, I was always like, you know. Sorry to the sailors, cursing like a sailor um, when I play video <laughs> games. But honestly, that I played, and here's the plug, I've played with my brother-in-law, Lucas333, that's Lucas with mm-hmm. a K on Twitch, and he does a family-friendly f- stream. So uh, I... You gotta watch yourself. Yeah, and <laughs> so it's proved, it's been proven that I can do it. So okay, that's really, like, cleaned me up, because otherwise, yeah, it definitely was a habit where it's just... Yeah, that's yeah, because I don't normally curse very much otherwise, like mm-hmm. I use words, other ones. But then when you're just like, you know, yeah, frustration when it's like, or something, you know, right. Or when it's like that jump scare and mm-hmm. yeah, something something that you're just like not quite ready for, even though, you know, yeah. like I play on like the edge of my seat, like knowing like, you know, stuff's going to pop out and I'm going to have those cutscenes where, you know, something like bum rushes me or something. And it's still a surprise to me somehow yep. when, you know, like a creature actually yep. comes out. And I'm like, ah, shit. So. I, I was playing RE2 remake um, when Ashley's parents were over once and and <laughs> dropped the F-bomb at something that just <laughs> you know, jumped right in front of me or whatever. And they just thought it was the character in the game. It, they didn't oh, nice. Me, so. Nice. Yeah. Well, Good I cover. Ruined, I, ru- I ruined it then. You know, I brought, <laughs> someone brought it up, but yeah. Um, yeah. I guess the rest of the week was just uh, busy planting trees yeah. and making some bread and fix the roof today and all that kind of thing. So, but um, yeah, that's about it. So, work week winding down you've got your drink there it doesn't look like either of the days no it's celebrating the holidays no it's not so yeah so this week we had two drink days uh may 15th was world whiskey day and may 16th was uh, international mimosa day i do not have either of those but I kept my drink on theme for the night because woman in the window. I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's almost in a character in and of itself, red wine in this film. So I was just like getting into our, our main characters, you know, viewpoint. I see. I see. (laughs) So I'm, Uh, I'm assuming though that you are celebrating perhaps world whiskey day from the glass. I caught a sight of earlier. No, I put my mimosa and rock glass. <laughs> you know what? Yeah, you got me um, unique. I know. I no, I'm on I'm on page with Dorit. Oh yeah. Her, <laughs> Everything in its proper glass. <laughs> yeah. You don't give me ooh, I don't know what it was, champagne. Champagne in a, a wine glass. Gla- yeah, something. Yeah. Yep. Okay. 
The only yep. reason I remember that so clearly right now is because my mom was visiting recently and uh, was helping me take care of the baby. And she had noticed whenever she came over, I was watching like Real Housewives. So she was like, I just, I have to like sit down and find out what you find so fascinating. So I was like going back and showing her some uh, Beverly Hills highlights, um, including nice. like season five and uh, a couple of the the newer, you know, Dorit Teddy moments. So yeah, so that was one of them. So we watched. Beverly Hills just started again, right? It did. It did. I have watched the first episode. Okay, we're behind. Maybe we'll get to it tonight. I don't know. We're we're falling behind because honestly, some of the they're housewives kind of running, stuff has they're running like hardcore concurrently right now. You know yeah. what I mean? Like it just feels like ep- well, a like lot of wrapping up. Of seasons. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. I just like Atlanta largely was less interesting to me this year. Sure. Um, New York, we did get to see the premiere of that now. Um, and it's like, I don't know how I'm excited I am to see these ladies again. Yeah. I'm I'm not, I've watched all three episodes now and I'm not really feeling it. I think Mm -hmm. there's also something that, um, is less interesting in the fact that there's less of them. You know, there's only five housewives. Sure. So, like, mm-hmm. you know, you see so much of those five housewives. You don't really get, like, a variety of, you know, where, like, Beverly Hills, I think, has seven, eight or something. Um, You know what I mean? So it's just like, oh, it's only yep. you five people. <laughs> yeah. So if you're not an like interesting storyline. Orange like, County. Mm, yeah. New York and Orange County need a rescue somehow. Mm-hmm. Like, sure. It's just not. So I don't know. It, I think that's kept us from going through it or like getting into it as much here. Um, I would yeah. I would recommend Beverly Hills. It's starting off interesting. And of course, this season is going to deal with, you know, Erica Jane's divorce and obviously the, yeah. the allegations of fraud against her husband and stuff like that. So I think it's going to get good. Um, and then I am already loving Garcelle this season. She is just. Like here okay. to be here to be sassy here to like, you know, whip some ladies into shape. And I love it. I dig it. <laughs> I I did like her inclusion last last season. Yeah. And I, it seems like like her. Yeah. It seems like she's got less on her plate so she can be a bit more part in this season. Okay. So I dig it. So I, I would highly recommend watching okay. Beverly Hills. Um, yeah, we'll we'll get there for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I would definitely prioritize it probably over New York. Although you do yeah. have to see what I was talking about last time, that second episode, that Burning Man yeah, yeah. weird dinner. <laughs> yep. We'll get there. We probably will uh, first and foremost attempt to finish Jersey because I think we have oh, one sure. or two episodes and then reunions. And we've been loving Jersey, sure. historically do. So that one. And then, uh, and then yeah, maybe Beverly Hills. Um, so excellent. excited so much TV that (laughs) we have ridiculous. Now, did I tell you we get, um, MTV now? Oh, really? It just showed up in our channel item. Now it's been added. And so now like, there's always our thing to go to a hotel. And then when we're there, we're done with whatever for the evening, we watch ridiculousness. Well, now we have it at home. So it's going to ruin 
with hotels, I suppose. But uh, <laughs> it's it's good to see the new episodes have, and have them record. Yes. Yeah, that's so. that's what Chris and I do at the end of a, a night to unwind is definitely watch mm-hmm. ridiculousness. Mm-hmm. I mean, so here, everybody, for your <laughs> your pop culture show, that's what we watch. We sit and watch Housewives, Ridiculousness, <laughs> Real Quality. That's right. That's right. Mm-hmm. So, hey, you got to balance out some of the, like the critical acclaim, you know, like deep shows yeah. with, you know, just some fun, light, you know, kind of fluffy entertainment as well. Do you ever watch um, watch what happens live then? Yeah, after for sure. Yeah. Okay. yeah, I mean, watch, if I'm if I'm interested, like sometimes yeah, I'm right. not interested in like the guest or whatever. But yeah, yep. There, they had one with all the husbands from Jersey. Oh, okay. Or whatever, and, and they're just the greatest group of guys. Like. <laughs> More of them on the show would be good yeah. because they they get along and they have a good time and they are silly and stuff. It's uh, I have it's heard really that good. I have heard that also about and I've never watched the show, so I have no context for it. But I've heard it also about the husbands of Married to Medicine. Apparently, they're all like super great friends and they just like hang out while the ladies are on camera and they just like do their own thing like they have their own like barbecues or they'll be all in the kitchen just like cracking nice. jokes with yeah. each other and stuff so somebody was saying like they need more of the husbands on that show because so. yeah. yeah i mean I, even though they're not the focus sometimes they they can really like bring something good to the show yeah well you you want you want the trash but you also want fun you know like it's exactly. too much and the ladies are fighting too much it's good to have that break mm-hmm. um so absolutely i've not ventured outside of the housewives on bravo and i plan to not no i haven't either yeah it's too much i mean like you got like obviously below deck and um yeah married to medicine um gosh you've got southern charm or something like that i've watched like an episode or two of that but like without starting from the beginning there's like no context for who these people are um and I know they've got like Family Karma, which I I yep. did watch. That That's was humor. interesting. Um, yeah. So they yeah they've got they've got all kinds of different stuff. But yeah, Housewives is like kind of kind of where my home is for Bravo. Yep. Yep. Well, anyways, to finish up uh, my uh, my drink in my That's celebration right. <laughs> of Real Whiskey Day, um, I have a uh, whiskey from Cat Eye Distillery. It's a okay. Polish rye whiskey, very like understated um, label and such for anyone that's. Oh, viewing. there, you, there um, I got it. There it's in focus. Yeah, it's probably getting blown out, but, <laughs> but yeah, um, small batch kind of thing. It's mm-hmm. uh, stored eight years in oak barrels or in oak barrels. So, yeah. Good stuff. Good. All right. News, news, mm-hmm. news, um, all kinds of things happening. Um, yeah. The f- first one, I think, is pretty darn big news. Yeah, it is. Um, AT&T is spinning out, dropping, whatever you want to call it, Warner Media, mm-hmm. um, which, so they're going to be a still a 70% uh, 
shareholder yep. in Warner Media, but it will be a separate company. And then it sounds like they will likely sell their shares and be out of the entertainment business for good, AT&T. Mm -hmm. Yep. Which I say hallelujah. <laughs> I mean, Any particular reason? Full... Well, I think that AT&T is... Um, has hasn't really helped um the situation here since they've been involved you know dc and and everything on warner's side of things is not in in better shape it's in worse mm -hmm. shape um making um you know money on these things on movies and television requires a lot of money that mm -hmm. um to pump in to get those subscriber numbers now up mm -hmm. so it takes the investment and i just don't think AT&T is, they're not interested in that anymore. It's losing them money, you know, and mm -hmm. they're people that aren't involved really making decisions that shouldn't be probably. Sure. So, um, yeah. And then, and then we're getting Warner media is merging with discovery. Mm -hmm. So we're getting a larger, better offering of, because it seems to me that's, what's going to have to happen. You're going to have this consolidation because otherwise you will, we are going to end up with a dozen like major player streaming services and it's right. just not going to be sustainable. So, well, then it's just cable. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's just different cable. <laughs> mm -hmm. So and I don't, I don't know that people will do it, you know, right. Exactly. You're, you're going to have these other ones that they're still trying to compete by spending as much money on big budget things. And if they don't have the subscriber count to match, to make up for that, then they're, they're not gonna, it's not like a cable channel in a way that it's gonna stick around, you know? Right. Exactly. That it can be sustainable. So. Yeah. It'll yeah. go the way of uh, Quibi. Yeah. <laughs> I have numbers, um, from, you know, some of the streaming service stuff, uh, subscriber rates. Oh, interesting. So like, Netflix is number one at 207.6 million. Uh, number two is Amazon Prime Video at 175 million. Sure. Number three, Disney Plus, 103.6 million. Uh, number four, Apple TV Plus, 42.6 oh. million. But right there at number four is where basically everything gets really neck and neck. So okay. it's, they're all within like a couple million there with Apple TV plus Peacock, Hulu, HBO max, and then way straggling down there is Paramount plus. So, um, <laughs> yeah, not surprised yeah. that, no. uh, obviously is the most recent, but also like, I think the least well rolled out. I just don't feel like yeah. people really know about that at all. Well, you know, and like, also what's on there. Well, is that Star Trek and stuff, right? Paramount, CBS, remember it was rebranded. Right. And all that. So. Right, right, right. Okay, yep. Yeah. See, like, I didn't even know what was on there. Because. Yeah. That's, that's how well they've done in advertising. I mean, I mm -hmm. feel like Peacock is just all over the place. I can't turn on my TV without seeing, like, an ad for Peacock. Um, is it, is there bundles? Are there a lot of bundles for that? that would account for subscriber numbers on that? Like for if Peacock? you have cable, whatever, yeah, and then all of a sudden you have Peacock 2 or something? Well, I don't really know exactly how their their 
categorizing their subscribers because with Xfinity, you get Peacock for free, um, but then you have to like pay for Peacock Plus maybe or or some form of it is obviously subscription based and you have to pay a fee for so i'm not really sure if they're counting like because we have xfinity and we get access to certain shows on peacock for free like am i a subscriber because i have an account right technically or am i not a subscriber until i'm paying for the you know you would you only get that because you have xfinity or could anyone do that it's probably anyone, I think, right? Anyone I think can... anyone actually. Um, it's just yeah. like easy to like uh, access the app through Xfinity. Um, yeah. So this is probably paid. Okay. I just question because sometimes there is shenanigans. You know, like the Apple TV Plus one. Mm-hmm. I think you know so many people are getting or still have a free subscription to that. I do. Me right here. Yep. <laughs> so the determination so there my is. Subscriber. You know, yes you are absolutely but then the question then what is happens? when yeah if you if you stick with it or not so yep. so i think that they're you know apple extended that i think they may do it again or what you know they want to do it long enough to like have enough things out there to get enough people right. that they're people going to stick hooked. around yeah yeah and um you know, Hulu is maybe a little deceptive because I think Hulu price points start very low mm-hmm. and there's also bundles for that. So yes. I'm just saying it's not always quite as clear cut as, as the numbers show. For sure. Um, yeah. I wonder, um, I wonder what we would be counted as because we have the Disney plus Hulu and ESPN plus bundle. So are we a subscriber mm-hmm. to each of those or is our household presumably. counted once under like disney because that's what we signed up for and then we got the other two i don't know it's probably so long as you have a login that's associated with a paid account sure for each okay. thing you know yeah interesting. but um but then so i was uh listening to um grace from beyond the trailer talk about it a little bit and she is um thinking that possibly so if we get this this time warner spinoff Mm-hmm. That is that is HBO uh, plus and right. many other things, um, and then adding on Discovery. So now you're getting like movies and television, and then like TV, TV kind mm-hmm. of things. Yeah. Um, there's a there's talks that maybe um, uh, Comcast wants to get rid of um, Peacock because comcast nbc universal all that and stuff like Uh there's this thing going on it sounds like that these you know at&t comcast they understand like they're gonna have a hard time competing with Mm -hmm. netflix and then the big tech companies like apple and amazon and so they're gonna drown themselves trying to pay for enough content to compete and so so, yeah so they get rid of the they get rid of their weak leg and then let the media companies kind of come together and Mm -hmm. uh you know and manage something there so that would be lots of things shaking and moving here i'm really interested to see how this this turns out i want us you know i think that if we had like five really good premier premium things to count on like that's pretty good mm-hmm. um 
So yeah, it's going to be busy couple of years in the streaming service. I think it's, it's not going to go to me. It seems like it's not going to go the way we feared where it's just like, you know, three dozen oh, yeah. streaming services, you know? Right. Right. That we just like ever expand and every channel has yeah. its own streaming service. That's good. Uh, because yep. then, like I said, you know, what's the difference between cable and streaming cable? You know what I mean? Like, yep. why, why do I want to pay for both of those? So, yep. Interesting. Yeah, that'll be fun to watch. Um, the see, other thing I wanted to come together, <laughs> like, um, let's talk about there that uh, I haven't seen. Well, some of the gaming press is talking about it, but there's a little cool. There's kind of some questions in the air uh, as to what's going to happen with the gaming division. So, WB Studios uh, mm -hmm. for gaming. There's like a couple different ones there. And they don't know. It sounds like it's getting kind of split up. Mm -hmm. And so these are the people that are responsible for, you know, Batman games uh, are the most known thing, but also I think Mortal Kombat, um, pretty big deal, and mm -hmm. a number of others. So it's a little in question where those developers and stuff are going to land and how that's all going to work. Sure. But, um, but yeah, I don't know. We'll see. And, you know, Hope is in the air. Maybe they turn the DC ship around, you know, <laughs> new management. God, I almost hate to say it, but can it get any worse? I mean, yeah. you know, isn't isn't there yes. only up to go yes, from here? Nope. Oh, God. <laughs> nope. Absolutely not. They're trying to go downwards right now. It's oh, uh, God, it, it, maybe pull, yeah. the, pull the yoke. We'll, uh, we'll see. They've got a few things, obviously coming out um in the near future one of them being the next suicide squad so we'll see yep we'll see if maybe that can turn something around for dc yep well we might as well use it to go into um mm, another topic yeah. that you'd found for later um mm -hmm. the batman animated series huh yes yeah it's going to be premiering on hbo max um and there's not a lot of detail that's known about it right now. Um, we've just got a couple of things. We've got the title, uh, which is going to be Batman Caped Crusader. And then we know a couple of people who are working on it, including J.J. Uh, Abrams, Matt Reeves. Um, you know, obviously, Matt Reeves' Batman with Robert Pattinson is, is yet to come. Um mm -hmm soon so we'll we'll kind of get a taste of what he views um batman as and obviously with the the entire gotham city world we'll get a little preview of that um and then we just learned that caped crusader will be premiering in 2022 no hard okay. date on it um no you know like these are the amount of episodes that they're going to be um or you know any sort of runtime or whatever, but it's going to happen in 2022. Um, it's an animated series and it's got apparently a noir vibe to it, but that mm -hmm. is all Which, the hard information I have. <laughs> well, it fits in line with um, the kind of film that supposedly Reeves is making for his Batman yeah. movie. And then um, there is Bruce Timm's involvement. Um, yes, that's right. Which I think, is the biggest thing that has me excited, um, you know, being he's been involved in the animated um, mm -hmm. DC stuff so much. And yep. um, 
Yeah, they they talk about it being brought together in the spirit of um, the Batman animated series from before, right. um, from the '90s, which is a spectacular show. So absolutely, um, not hold my breath, but definitely excited for this one. Yeah, yeah, so. it'll be fun to see. You know, as they they move along in the project, you know who might be attached as far as like voice actors and things like that, or. You know, if we get yeah. a trailer, a trailer at some point, because we've only gotten the one promotional image so far, um, which features a, a slightly different looking, you know, outfit for Batman, but not, you know, not anything too drastically changed that we can really tell because it's a, just a shoulders up view. Um, mostly it's yep. the uh, the ears of the suit that look a little bit different, but yep. we'll see. Yeah. It'll be it'll be fun. I mean, mm-hmm. Batman's been told over and over again, but um, it doesn't get old if it's though. done well. Yeah. Yeah. So um, and then I thought being weird, spending so much time talking about television, mm-hmm. might as well talk about how it's all for not in this new <laughs> survey that you found. Yeah. Um, yeah. Survey yeah. of uh, Gen Z um, and kind of what their their uh choices are when they think of like okay i've got some downtime what kind of media am i going to be consuming video games came out as number one um which i kind of found interesting after our talk last week about like you know there's this like stigma about gaming and and you know like other generations like being like oh you're a gamer like oh why don't you live in the real world um well apparently gen z rejects that and they'd like to live in the world of video games um I think out of like the five media choices that they had, I think like TV and movies were down there at the bottom at like number four or five. Yeah, so I think it was number five for Gen Z. Yep. Yeah, so they're not they're not really interested in that sort of stuff. They're they're interested more in gaming and then um, music. You know, music. Yep, exactly. So I just I wouldn't have guessed. Yeah, I mean, I think it's cool. I one thing the the article it pointed out from variety was that uh entertainment companies or whoever they thought that like past generations or something they'll grow up and then pick up the same entertainment habits as the older generation right so it's kind of go like goes in stages you Mm -hmm. know where you maybe you play video games and then you listen to music and you know, you're all into your whatever heart thought heart throb. And then you are into, then you settle into watching the big movies and then you settle into just watching your soap operas <laughs> you know? and the, and the news, the news, you know, or something like that. News hey, and weather. What's um, wrong with soap operas? <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Um, I used to be a huge like general hospital fan, man. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, it was, it's funny. My mom actually used to watch four different soap operas and, uh, um, going to date myself here, but, uh, she would set the VCR to record the shows on a tape. So it was like, gosh, what was it? The young and the restless, all my children, the bold and the beautiful and general hospital. So it was like four hours each day that she would record on a VCR tape and then like mm-hmm. watch at night when she got home from work. Yep. And oh man, boy, I messed up that tape one time. Did I oh, freaking get it? Because man. soap operas, like they only air 
once. They only air that episode yeah. that day, and it, they don't have like backlogs of like, oh, I'm just gonna rewatch right. this episode. Oof, man. I uh, yeah, I never did that again. I could tell don't you. Don't they that. do it previously on though? They do, but it's like two minutes it's of not, you know, uh, like yeah, quick highlights, and you know, which I think basically is is a lot of what soap operas are like the action can really be summed up in two minutes. And then it's a bunch of like people looking at each other. Do you mm -hmm. know what I mean? Like Dragon Ball. Yeah. Dragon Ball Z. It's like a plot point, And then everybody has to like, you have to like quick camera frame everybody to get their individual looks and whatnot. Um, mm -hmm. But still like it was very important to my mom. And yeah, I uh, yeah. will never forget the time I messed up that tape. No, no spirit bombs for five <laughs> episodes, though, says Alan. That's right. You got to build up to that. That's right. Um, well, it's uh, my mother-in-law uh, and it's her birthday today. Um, she birthday. actually, yeah, she actually watches one as well. I think it's, I think it's Young and the Restless. I always forget if it's okay. Young and Restless or Bold and Beautiful. I think it's Young and Restless. And, well, young, um, young and the Restless has a uh, a tie to this show in the fact that uh, they had a Real Housewife on Beverly Hills, Eileen yes. Davidson. Yeah. So that's the one. Ashley is named after her character. Are you serious? She's named her name after is Ashley, Ashley in that show. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it's my mom still watches. She's pared down, thankfully, to one soap opera. But Young and the Restless is it. So she used to make me watch it with her. So I know all about Ashley Abbott. That is so yeah. funny. <laughs> I never would have um, guessed that. I, oh, I'm I'm gonna like we're gonna have to like have some fun with that. I'm gonna ask her to like throw a glass of <laughs> yeah. wine in my face or slap me or something. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Just like on the yeah, show. I I wanna watch um I think it's that one because the game control that I played and absolutely mm -hmm. loved uh the character's name in there is Jesse Faden. And I don't remember the actress's name, but it's her likeness in there oh, okay. and it's all motion captured and stuff and that actress is in now in that show maybe even a couple of them she's a character in in the soap opera and i think pretty new but okay I w i've been wanting to like watch watch that and see what uh but i, I suppose you say you can't rewatch them huh it's just yeah. it's gone then yeah Man, yeah maybe, maybe she hasn't recorded i don't know yeah, it's like old school, you know, Snapchat or TikTok or something. You know what I mean? Like it's that <laughs> old school version where it's like it's there and then it's Memorable. gone. Like you never see it again. Yeah, yeah it's so that it's to hide the the uh, the acting mishaps. And, uh, <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Um. Oh yeah. Okay. So yeah, Gen Z enjoying video games, uh, and mm -hmm. you can see how those numbers like how television number Courtney Hope. Yep. That's the person, Alan. That's the actress. Thank you. Um, um, you can see how the numbers for how important television and movies is to people consistently go down right. with every age group. Um, so I think it's kind of interesting how everybody's spending billions of dollars right. investing in television and movies and um right as we're just talking about gaming yeah like these streaming services trying to compete for you know viewership when it's like should you yeah. really be yeah and look none of it's go none of it's going away it's the same as right. like everybody thought music was gonna die music just changed 
And if right. music is now Gen Z's second favorite way to, you know, our type of entertainment to consume, you know, these things might go in waves and, right. you know, eventually. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, that's that interesting survey. Good find. Mm -hmm. um, other television coming. What is, I don't think I approve of this next one. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I'm not really sure that I do either. If you're talking about the uh, the uh, competition show that is going to be creating the first U.S.-based K-pop group. Um, so, yeah, so there's going to be a competition-style show happening here in the U.S. Um, and they're going to, at the end of it, create a K-pop group um, that will then be required to travel to Korea to train under like the umbrella of this, you know, Korean based company. And then they will be the first us based K-pop group. Are they ready for the, the beatings? Maybe the media attention will, uh, I know will allow them to, they'll get Escape. a pass somehow. Yeah. 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 I'm not sure how this is going to work. You know, it's kind of a, it's, you know, it's another, you know, singing competition show, but it's going to be different, obviously in the fact that like, I said they're going to be required at the end of the show to travel to Korea, basically be whipped into shape under this, you know, entertainment management company and then, mm -hmm. you know, deployed around the U.S. to, uh, yeah, start their careers off. And I'm just not really sure how that's going to mix, you know, plausible, uh, plausible conspiracy theory quarter time. OK, um, <laughs> the. Uh, the Korean government is heavily invested in getting the dispelling the idea that their uh, K-pop bands and mm. groups are yeah. harassed and um, right. like malnourished and treated terribly and commit mm -hmm. suicide because of such things um, that they're working on and helping do this so that they can showcase then this group coming yeah. and have cameras there behind the scenes and like, Clean Look how great and wonderful this is. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Don't yeah. you want to send all your preteen daughters to <laughs> compete uh, and to do this as well? Right. I don't know. Right. I mean, it's not, it's honestly not the most far-fetched thing. I mean, you know, plenty of uh, like individual movie stars or, you know, directors or whatever with image issues have, uh, you know, done something to clean that, clean it up and show like a yep. different side um, whether it's like a reality show or, you know, taking on a different role or whatever. So, I mean, theory, but not like a far-fetched theory. Yeah. And I, like another question then mm -hmm. is, so I always come at people, I don't come at them, but I just like, I <laughs> politely correct. I don't know. Maybe I'm, I, maybe <laughs> I'm being a Tiffany moon here. Um, but <laughs> when people call something that's just generally animated anime, because yeah. it's mm -hmm. short for, you know, is Japanese animation. Um, now other people can come at me and say, it's not anime, it's anime and whatever, but, um, just, is this isn't really K-pop Korean pop? Mm -hmm. Now, mm -hmm. is that defined by a uh type of music or is it defined by the right. country of origin 
right, and then right. therefore their pop, because everywhere right. has different what's popular in their country, right, and is then produced in their country to be. I don't know, you know. Yeah, like me, yeah. So is this like, like you know, if if we have a U.S. based group, is this like appropriating, you know, K-pop, and is it truly K-pop boy now? band? Right. Yeah. It's just like a it's an American boy band. Right. That happens to go to Korea um, yeah. and be trained by this management company. But still, is that enough to make it K-pop? Yeah. I don't really know. I'm not really. I don't know. I mean, I might tune into this for a little bit and see how it goes, but I don't really know. It's uh, it's I mean, a tough I feel like it would be entertaining, potentially. Yeah, it could be. Yeah. It could be entertaining, but. Yeah. Yeah, we'll see how it goes. I, I mean, obviously, yeah. you know, K-pop is is growing, um, is a growing fan yeah. base here in the U.S. And uh, you know, it it makes sense for this type of show to exist now and to like test the waters and see, you know, if uh, if the U.S. is ready to have like its own branch of K-pop. But I just we'll, we'll see if it's good or not. Even the, even if it, if more... it, yeah, it might be interesting, but it might not be good. <laughs> The the in sync is the, is this right in sync? It's is not like K-pop. <laughs> it's not like K-pop is like a you know. I think what makes some of it different, and this is more honestly, I think with J-pop is like the giant groups of girls. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like forty-two girl. You know, uh, there's you know, well, forty and- girls or whatever that are all in a group that you know. This is this apparently is designed to kind of be like that. So they're the the winners of this competition are going to go and join not they're not only going to go to Korea and be managed by a company over there. They're going to join an existing group um that will have like, you know, 40 or 50 members that they then like kind of branch off into their own like different units. And then this is going to be like the U.S. unit. So they're they're part of a larger group, but then they like break off into like, oh, it's like this. I don't like four, this. five, seven. <laughs> it's very complicated. Um, and I'm not really sure what the purpose is then of them like joining like the larger group. Unless they do sort of like end up intermingling with other members and, you know have like different it, kind of the prerequisite sets but i don't know is it required that they are able to speak korean i don't know i know the article mentioned and i should have you know made a note about this or written it down or something i know that they mentioned that they were going to be looking for korean americans but i don't know that you have to like speak korean or if that that will be maybe taught to you or, you know, you just have to figure out how to sing in the language but not speak it, you know. Yeah. If I was I'm not, over I'm there not exactly and sure taken, all of this, but yeah. Yeah. If <laughs> if I was over there and I was I had taken my lashings to be, you know, left my family <laughs> and whatever to do this. Can't and date, someone can't, else yeah. came over here because from America because they won a competition. Like, get out of here. What are you doing? Be salty, yeah. Yeah. I yeah. I don't know. Maybe I'm maybe I'm overreacting to this. I just think they're reaching for a, a competition and trying to do anything they can to grab on to the uh, the moment of K-pop theme here 
yeah. uh, while they can. And uh, I, to me, it seems desperate and and unnecessary. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think so. it's I think it's a dual like they're like you said, they're grabbing onto the K-pop moment, doing whatever's necessary to kind of get into that arena. But then also probably you know, trying to do like, okay, we have 50 million singing shows. What's something new that we can do? You know what I mean? Like what, what's a way that we can have another singing show because they're so popular, but make it at least a little bit different. And this is it. So yeah, we'll see. I have, I have no idea. Um, I don't remember if the article said or not when this show was premiering, but yeah, it's, it's happening sometime possibly 2021 or 2022. So we'll see. Is it so, <laughs> so is it um, like two groups, male and female kind of thing? Or like, how is that? I don't know. Down? Yeah, maybe. Uh, yeah, maybe that'll be part of it. Good question. Let's see. Uh, men, it's a male group. Okay. I was gonna say they wouldn't even get away with if it was female group. Mm-hmm. The girls don't wear enough clothes. They wouldn't put males, it on, put it on males aged 13 to 25, and they are going to be part of the Korean group NCT. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. Okay. Well, nobody count on me to keep them up to date on this television show. Yeah, <laughs> we will see. Yeah. Oh, Big Hit Entertainment is going to be producing this. They're the See? people behind yeah. BTS. So. Exactly. Yep. <laughs> Image cleanup. That's what yep. this is. Yep. Um, <laughs> let's see. Okay. So, um, and I don't have a good transition, I suppose. Um, <laughs> no, just... Yeah. Yeah, we're we're kind of moving away from entertainment television back to gaming. Yeah. Yeah, um Summer Game Fest. So we have mm-hmm. E3 coming up very soon. Um, June 12th. That's in, and uh and then Summer Game Fest. Yeah, Summer Game Fest will be on prior. June 10th. Yeah, they're sneaking it in. Um so mm-hmm. they're kicking things off with a 3-hour live stream in which they're promising to, you know, obviously reveal some um new games that are in the works updates on older games. Um, they've got some like entertainment things that they're supposed to be happening. Apparently like the band Weezer is going to be playing a new live set and kicking things off, which I'm not sure why, but okay. (laughs) Um, but yeah, so that's, that's coming up here pretty quick. Just, uh, two weeks basically. Yeah. I'm excited to see I mean, like, all the gaming YouTubers and whatnot, they can't, uh, there's only so many ways you can talk about the same rumors. <laughs> right. Exactly. Uh, like over and over and over. So, uh, exactly. it's going to be fun to see what finally, what we finally get. So. Yes. Yeah. So yeah, it's fun. It's, it's nice that this is coming back now. We're back into yeah. like big gaming news and big gaming events. Like you said, obviously summer game fest, but also E3. I need to know where I'm going to be spending all my money. <laughs> that's right and, uh two weeks is the apple event as well so like yep. we gotta know yeah take my money uh, yep um speaking of something that 
uh, I don't have to worry about giving my money to. You're not excited about Hocus Pocus? Nah, no, no, I've seen it. I've seen it. I'm a okay. huge fan. Yeah. I had never seen it until last year. And then I just like became obsessed with it. And I think it's amazing. Oh, um, see, I thought maybe it was a nostalgia thing. You know, you grew up no, with it or whatever. I didn't know. I, uh, no, I don't, I didn't really get like the, like, you know, um, Disney channel when I was younger. So I didn't get like Halloween town and, you know, Hocus Pocus and stuff like that. Um, I've had to find that all as an adult. Um, but yeah, I watched, I watched Hocus Pocus and it, and it was nostalgia in the sense of like, oh, these were like the movies of my childhood. Do you know yes. what I mean? Like, yeah, the time even, period still. Yeah. Right. Like, even though I didn't watch it, you can so tell it's got like a 90s stamp on it, like the fashions and like the plot lines. It, it reminded me very much of like Casper, you know, which sure. I watched as a kid. So, um, so yeah, so I I love Hocus Pocus. I think it's absolutely fantastic. Um and uh Disney Plus just announced that uh Hocus Pocus 2 is indeed happening. All three women who played the Sanderson sisters, Bette Midler, Kathy and Jimmy, and Sarah Jessica Parker are officially attached to the project and um it will be releasing fall 2022 so we will get that next year so i'm i'm excited about it i'm i'm not gonna lie all right i mean i i enjoyed i enjoyed it enough um yeah i enjoyed it enough it's not something you watch for like the excellently written plot you know what i mean like you watch Mm -hmm. it because like the actors in it are characters and you and and for me, like I said, I watch it because like it's such like a '90s vibe that I just dug it. So it's fun without being like right. over the top and too. It's campy without being like too far, where it's like unwatchable, sure. cringy. You know, you're like almost embarrassed type of camp. I just thought it's kind yep. of fun. Yep. Sure. Well, there's one more story that um, mm. I kind of just remembered that I wanted to squeeze in here mm-hmm. um, because basically, as I've said, Star Wars is essentially dead to me, but <laughs> there has been some interesting things coming about. And uh, Dave Filoni, mm-hmm. the George Lucas's right hand man for a long time, is now has now been promoted to the role of executive creator, creative director at Lucasfilm. Oh, okay. So he, his, he is more essentially in charge now of this, how the story, where the story goes, mm-hmm. um, sure. which could be a really big deal. It's possible that if he's given enough freedom, um, you know, I, I keep getting my hopes up and then I keep getting squashed. <laughs> so I don't, I don't want to do that. They're but toying with to you, say, John. <laughs> yeah. I had to say Dave Filoni is the person that should have been in charge from the beginning of the, mm-hmm. uh, of this whole new endeavor with Disney. Um, sure. seemed like the logical person to be in charge of the, of the story and the lore and the canon, the whole nine yards. Um, we just had stuff recently with, 
you know, the idea was when Disney took over, they wiped out all of the previous expanded universe Star Wars stories to make room. So now that everything that came out, every mm -hmm. piece of content in comic book form and novels and video games, it was all canon. So they didn't mm -hmm. have to like try to weave through all this like, pre-existing right. content and story stuff. Well, they already are changing things and mm -hmm. contradicting their own canon from the of comic course. to the animated show. And then like one of the lead creative director person before was making excuses for it. So um, it's interesting that basically right after that, we have a uh, we have Dave Filoni now with more creative control than ever. And right. um, I I don't know. So are, you're you're, are, you're are letting you your hope? hopes creep up again a little bit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You know, well, I hope yeah. this time maybe they won't be squashed. I mean, you know, mm -hmm. much much like DC, hopefully there's only one way to go and that's up. But yeah. we'll see. We'll see. I mean, I think that, you know, if if they just left if Disney essentially left um Alan asks, is he going to Kevin Feige Star Wars? That's what I feel. I mean, mm. yeah, I I mean, that's yeah, that's to me the idea. Right. Um, that's the hope. Yeah, that they need that they need their Kevin Feige um, right. that cares about that. You know, I feel like Kevin, Kevin Feige, maybe he's getting a little, you know, high on his horse, a little big for his britches, a little, <laughs> you know, choose your thing. How could um, you how could you not, though? I mean, yeah. When you look yeah. at, at what he's been able to, or what, I guess, not yep. only he, but what's been accomplished right. under his watch there. Yeah. I think he's going to bring it all to the ground. I think it's going to crash and burn, but <laughs> could, it, it might not be. And, uh, you know, might make a few mistakes and learn his lesson or whatever. But I think that Lucasfilm needs that. They need yeah. to have um, Disney's kind of leave them alone. Kathleen Kennedy, make sure the numbers, you know, they stay in the black and the numbers line up. And Dave Filoni runs the story. And if sure. they do that, they have a real chance. All but, right. Well, so. some, that's some hopeful news. Yeah. That's. <laughs> we'll As you see. smile. Anyways, I, yeah, it's a big thing. I, I thought I'd throw it in there. So. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. All right. We're about to get spoilery. That's right. About Get into it. The Woman in the Window mm -hmm. on Netflix. Yeah. Based on the novel. Mm -hmm. um, what'd you think, Andrea? I am going to have to agree with the many, many people um, on Rotten Tomatoes and kind of floating out there in the universe in their own individual, you know, media for review and give this a thumbs down. I did not okay. enjoy this movie. Um, okay. I was I was really excited about it because I loved the book. And in the book, I think the major twists and turns and surprises of the storyline were much better hidden. And so that made the okay. reveals much bigger. Whereas I just felt the movie cut a lot of corners and didn't do a lot of that like nuancing and a lot of that layering to hide the surprises for for the viewer so that you felt like you almost knew what was coming um at, at least at least in my opinion knowing you know 
the source material that this was adapted from. Like, I just thought there was a lot of telegraphing of what was to come, whereas in the book, I was genuinely surprised by the the biggest plot twist. So, yeah, I was disappointed. And I was disappointed that I thought there were a lot of big names attached to this project. And they all did well, I thought, in their their casting roles. Like, I mean, I'm never going to be disappointed in Gary Oldman's performance. Um, I'm probably also never going to be disappointed in Amy Adams nor Julianne Moore. But they just, I felt like, didn't have enough to do in this film. Yeah. They, did, they weren't utilized enough for the amazing actors that they are. I mean, obviously, Amy Adams had the most because she's the central figure. She, you know, we spend mm-hmm. a lot of time with her. And I thought what she was given, she did well. But I don't know. I was just disappointed overall in this film. But but that could be coming from, you know, like I said, I enjoyed the book so much. So as somebody who didn't read the book, perhaps you had a different reaction. I don't know. Yeah, I actually really <laughs> liked it. I liked okay, it a lot. All right. um, I was a little surprised to see after the fact the Rotten Tomatoes score and stuff like that. Sure. Um, yeah. You know, and um, I thought, you know, it seemed like some people maybe were tired of like if things hit too close to home for them, like they kind of locked themselves inside for a long time. And then now oh, they're watching this show and now this woman's locking herself in the bed. Wow. Um, yeah. But Did not even think no, about that. I really um, I really liked it. I thought that it was um, smartly shot. I liked the um, the way that it um, they managed to like they use the old films and stuff um, at times to be like looming over her as she's going through um, like an an episode. But she's drugged up and drunk. Mm -hmm. Um, I thought that that red wine. (laughs) Yeah. I think that they character. <laughs> it's it's tough to do. You can definitely just like make an actor act and put a camera in front of them and have them go through, you know, whether it's withdrawals or something, or you can you can make an audience feel that in some other way. Mm-hmm. And I think that they did a good job of making an audience feel that um, in a different way. And um, I did like the performances. I liked seeing Gary Oldman as not a uh, great guy again. Yeah. Um, when he uh, slapped his kid and, you know, it's like, I'm ready for those moments when he's like, goes off the handle, you know, it's mm-hmm. like Leon, the professional kind of stuff or whatever. And I know this is like, not to that extent or, or right. like the fifth element, but he can get wacky and zany and, and, and nuts, you yes. know, you want to get nuts? Let's get nuts. Um, <laughs> Keaton kind of thing. But um yeah, I um I I didn't see where everything was going. I know okay. Alan had said he saw where the final big twist. Ashley right. had at one point um suggested or she figured um figured the big twist. Um and uh but I just I felt along for the ride. Um sure. and it wasn't too long, which was nice. It's like hour forty two. Mm-hmm. Um, that was pretty good. And, um, yeah. And they, they sold well, like that, that this person wouldn't be believed, 
you know, that this yeah. person has every reason for everybody to question her and that she is nuts and whatever. Um, and I yeah. thought it felt like old school in a way, like old school horror, like almost psycho in moments, getting the rake to the face and like Oof, just different yeah. kind of, um, yeah. Yeah. So I'm, I agree with you on, on definitely some points. Like I, I also really enjoyed, um, like the cinematography here. Like I had mentioned at one point, like, you know, Amy Adams character is sitting in a rocking chair and we're getting this like cool rocking frame as she's like remembering this interaction she had in her kitchen with Julianne Moore. And she's trying to like convince herself that it was real. And, you know, just some of that kind of, you know, very different and very interesting, you know, placement of the viewer in her mind. I really enjoyed. Mm -hmm. I liked that kind of stuff. Um, like you said, I really, I enjoyed the characterization. I loved each of the actors in their roles. I just thought they, they needed to be there more. Um, so what I, what I struggled with, again, having read the book, is obviously there's a lot more that you can do in, you know, 400 pages of a novel than you can do in an hour and 42 minutes of a movie because you can take, you yeah. know, four or five pages to lay out a scene and describe a character's mindset. Whereas like an actor has to just like telegraph that for you. Um, yep. And, you know, sometimes it, it doesn't always work, but I think, I think the thing that I was most disappointed in was in the book, we had this fantastic like cat and mouse between, and obviously we have the spoiler alert up. So spoilers, um, between Amy Adams' main character, you know, Dr. Anna Fox, and um, the kid who turns out to be the eventual killer, Ethan, um, they have this whole twisted psychological mind game going on because um, Anna's, Anna's character logs on to an internet chat forum for people who have what she has, agoraphobia, and she communicates with this forum of people and she tries to help them, even though, of course, she struggles herself. And she ends up developing a bond with one of the people on the forum who turns out to be Ethan, who's like gaslighting her through, you know, pretending to be this other person and um, like kind of getting to know her, her most intimate secrets. He talks mm. to her when she's been drinking and she doesn't under she doesn't remember what she's all revealed to him. She ends up like accidentally revealing all of her passwords and that's how he's able to like get into her internet accounts and get into her house and, you know, be there when she's just totally out of it. So we as the reader get this like great, you know, very twisted um, psychological game that's unraveling in the pages that we really don't get in the movie. And, and sure. that's where I said like the film cut corners and I just wish in this for this particular um element of the story that they hadn't because i think it's really important to like set the scene to get them interacting more to like you know get this like sort of interchange between the characters that the movie just shortens i think to a detrimental degree sure i mean i can definitely see how that would be a um because that was one one element where I guess that it seemed a little bit of a of a reach where he would be able to 
summarize her so well and yeah. be able to understand weaknesses and um, mm -hmm. how to get at her and, and everything. And so obviously uh, in-depth over lengthier relationship online um, right. would, would allow for that kind of, that kind of thing. Right. Yeah. His, his whole, like the realtor told me your story was like, okay, <laughs> but yeah. really how much would you learn? You know, I mean, you know, the realtor is not going to know her like in depth or, you know, very intimately. So obviously you get, you know, her big tragedy of, you know, she has an affair. She's trying to like put her family back together and she ends up accidentally killing them. Um, yep. You know, so, so that kind of thing you would get because that's just, you know, like a available to anybody. But like you said, you don't really get like the intimate details of her psyche or, you know, like what her weaknesses are, what pushes her buttons, you know, yeah. how to take advantage of that. So, yeah, that felt a and little rushed to me. I can definitely see this being a movie I wouldn't really care to watch so much after reading the book. Yeah, you know, it's kind of one of those things mm, even it's yeah. like the sixth sense. It's a great movie, but it's not the same when you watch it again. Mm -hmm. Like you had yeah. the twist and, you know, even in this, I didn't see it coming with um, that her husband and uh, kid were dead. They were, oh, that she yeah. wasn't talking mm -hmm. to them yeah. this whole time or whatever, you know, having the phone calls. And it was just a, a monologue with herself trying to cope with yeah. with everything. Um, yeah, I thought they handled and that when you look back, well. you can kind of. Yeah, when you look back, you can kind of see it. You know, you wonder what's the deal with the spinning and the snow mm -hmm. kind of thing. What's that exactly? You, it's interesting how she's like at one point watching videos or something of her kid as opposed yes. to like talking mm -hmm. to her or something like that, you know? Right. But um, so and then that did well to add to the well, she's completely unreliable as yeah. any sort of witness, you know? Yeah. So if you were kind of on her side already or whatever, and then this comes through, obviously, everyone that's staring at her and you as the audience like, well, yeah, you're cracked. I mean, of course, mm -hmm. you know, you don't know what you saw. So, yeah. And that's where I think Amy Adams really got the chance to shine in this is like those, you know, those couple of moments where, you know, the characters and the camera are clearly arrayed against her and looking at her with such judgment. And, you know, it's just like you know, this, this juxtaposition between like this strong, like kind of pyramid of characters who are um, facing her. And then we get these solo shots of her just like slowly unraveling. And, you know, we're looking at her too, kind of as the other characters, you know, and, and seeing what she's going through and seeing her psychological breaks. And I think she, yeah, like the, the image that's on screen right now where, you know, this, these, mm -hmm characters are all watching her. I think the film did that really well. So it's not mm -hmm. that there weren't elements that I think weren't very strong. Um, it's just overall, I, I wanted there, I wanted there to be more nuance to the story. And, sure. and I just, like I said, I just thought the film kind of shortchanged itself a little bit. And they did like, um, you know, obviously when they're driving the car and it's nights mm -hmm. and like there's a argument, you know, you realize you, you know, what's going to happen there. That's yeah. happened a million times, Yeah. but then it's done well. Like she gets up and she is sees her kid and her, you know, no cell phone service. And then she's trying to like melt some snow in her kid's mouth. 
that's sad and well done. Yes. And then they throw the car, crashed the car in the in her living room mm-hmm. with the lights flashing and stuff that she can go. And so that was like another nice set piece uh, yeah. to have. Um, and uh, and yeah, I liked the 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 like landlord or whatever the tenant um, that David, yeah. uh, David, you know that. Um, you're not sure what to think of him exactly. Seems like a really nice guy. He's going out of mm-hmm. his way to help and everything. But then to well, then you hear like a crying downstairs or something once mm-hmm. and they start adding on elements. So like, you know, can you trust this guy? So you have another person that's suspect. Right. And then, oh, then he's he's, you know, not um, he's outside of his parole. He's violating mm-hmm. his parole. So adding adding to that. Um, yeah. Yeah, it was fun. Those it- things. It was fun to see, uh, yeah, uh, Alan notes, this is Wyatt Russell, the same guy who played uh, the other Captain America in Falcon and Winter Soldier. Um, it was fun to see him in another role where you're just not exactly sure what to think of him. Yeah. You know, like, he, or yes, also, a.k.a. U.S. agent. <laughs> or be up, yeah, and be then up she on goes my... and throws him under the, on, yeah, yeah, on your current on my, yeah, Falcon and Winter Soldier terminology. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, yeah. Um, this was this was another character that I that I enjoyed. I just wanted to see a little bit more of because, again, in the book, we we do get to see a little bit more nuance to David. Um, their relationship gets to uh, sorry. Th- when I say their relationship, I mean Amy Adams' character, Doctor Anna Fox, and David, her tenant. Their relationship develops a little bit more so that when you know in the penultimate scene he's attacked in the book you know it's more of an impact for the reader you know where again in in this um it's impactful mostly because i think because he dies and that Mm. sucks especially because that's a lot of her proof because he can kind of connect some of the dots um of what she's understanding has been happening um whereas like in the book it's like oh like this is genuinely sad because we like him as a character so I would introduce myself. Hello, I am the tenant, David. <laughs> you say that I am David Tennant. David Tennant. Yes, yeah. Say that. Yep. <laughs> um, yeah. And then she throws him under the bus. This guy is not supposed yeah. to be here. You know, it's like, yeah. oh, man, that's nice. And then that uh, the, you get this. Yeah. That does. Again, suspicious of them. Right. Again, more impactful in the book because they've built this relationship where she totally just like believes that he's a suspicious character and should be interrogated. Whereas like in the movie, they're, they're really back and forth. Like, you know, he starts off doing like nice things, like taking out her trash and, you know, like understanding that she's agoraphobic and can't leave the house. So like, Oh, is there anything I can do for you? Um, and then, you know, she goes downstairs and hears the crying. She goes downstairs, reads his mail and he gets upset with her you know, it's like this back and forth, like, ooh, is he nice or is he dangerous? What is he? And then yep. suddenly he's nothing because he's dead. <laughs> yep. I, um, though I still really like the movie because it is the movie that maybe could have benefited then from an extra 15 minutes. Like, I yes. feel adding the chat room thing, you have 15 yes. minutes that you intersperse throughout the film of yes. like having this extra relationship and seeing how she's another way that she's trying to work through mm-hmm. um, everything she's going through. 
Yeah, I I think that would be really beneficial, not only, like I said, to kind of set up this, you know, other element of the cat and mouse game between Anna and Ethan, but also, like you said, to, to see how she's trying to work through her agoraphobia um, and how, you know, that might lead to the eventual resolution of the film where, you know, she's able to just like walk outside like nothing's happening. And I just didn't feel like there was enough of, of her getting over that and dealing mm. with that to, to justify her being completely fine, you know, seeing as how difficult it was earlier in the movie for her to go outside and how much yeah. of a breakdown that she would have, even when she just like thought about going outside. So, yep. Yeah, that's true. It was nice to see Amy Adams in some real clothes at the end. Yes, it yes, I mean, uh, I mean, she had to be comfy shooting this movie. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like true. she's she's mm -hmm. in everything's like 20 sizes too big for her. And, you know, it's like sweatpants and, um, you know, big house coat and giant dress shirts, which I think we're all supposed to belong to Anthony Mackie. You know, like she's wearing the clothes of her husband and like, you know, gotcha. trying, trying to like hold on to him yep. that way. But even that, it was like, Anthony Mackie's not that big. Like, can we just like get a real size for these clothes, please? Because if yeah, he was wearing a dress idea. shirt, it wouldn't hang to like her knees. He's not that tall. Yeah, I don't know how tall he is. Yeah. I don't know. Hmm. So. Yeah. I mean, if I was interviewing her for this film, uh, my first question would be, so tell me, Amy, it uh, must have been long hours in the makeup chair. Yeah. <laughs> long hours in wardrobe. Am I right? That's right. That's right. <laughs> yeah. But it sold the it's, you know, it made more sense as it went on because, you know, you're oh. stuck in your house kind of thing. And uh, yeah, it's uh, you're you're coping with all kinds of garbage. So mm -hmm. made sense. So Alan says Anthony Mackie is about five feet, 10 inches, according to the internet. So, and that's, that's about like what Chris is. And that's not that tall. Mm. Like if I were to wear one of his dress shirts, like it would not come to my knees. So I'm just saying, sure. just saying, Okay. okay. <laughs> I know this is very nitpicky of me, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I guess that makes sense. I didn't think of like, well, where'd you get all this clothes? That's too big. I just mm -hmm. figured, you know, I just bought the idea that it's, I don't care how I look right now. Cause right. You know, right. Of yeah. course. Like she's not going anywhere. And she obviously does like we see in the movie, um, make an effort ish when her therapist comes over, you know, she's, mm. she's in semi decent clothing at that point in time, but yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Amy Adams is um, approximately five feet, four inches, which is, yeah, my height. So, yeah. So, oh my, oh my God, God, this yeah, story is cosplay. mine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. I am this story. <laughs> wow. That's a lot of info right there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I can't, I can't leave my house. Uh, that's why, yep. that's why we do the podcast this way. Chris, <laughs> Alan says Chris is Captain America, question mark. <laughs> <laughs> so we've learned that Andrea has had an affair and is agoraphobic and right. was probably going to fatally kill uh, <laughs> some family members and uh, oh, it's, yeah, because Chris is black Captain America. That's right. right. Damn it. 
Hey, does that mean, like, if I'm Amy Adams, can I be Lois Lane? I mean, we're <laughs> we're mixing universes. Right, we're mi we're mixing all know? sorts of universes here. So I don't know. I think I think that entitles That's me. That's who you had an affair with, Henry Cavill. <laughs> oh man, I know. I know this is gonna earn me some ire from from the uh, you know media universe out there, but I do not find him that attractive. I mean, he's he's, he's good looking. I'm not saying Whoa. he's not, but he's just not like my type. You know what I mean? Like I can objectively say Henry Cavill is All good looking, strong and handsome. But, but boy, like if I if I had like a pick of the DC universe, he wouldn't be number one. He wouldn't be number one. I'm just saying. Like Jason Momoa well, would probably be it. Yeah, I was gonna say I know who would be number one. <laughs> I yeah, I mean I understand. Yeah, I understand. Yeah. But Henry Cavill is probably going to always keep himself in shape. Jason yeah. Momoa does it for the movies. So, you know. yeah. Yeah, we'll see, I guess. I mean, but I mean Jason I, Momoa's kind of know. built his reputation, though, on being like kind of this like hulking figure. You know what I mean? Like he kind of reminds me a little bit of The Rock, where like he always is going to have to be imposing in some sense. Like that's just part of his like persona. Do you know what yeah, I mean? But, okay, on how tall is Jason Momoa? Because <laughs> I don't feel like he's that <laughs> talking, though, either. Um, I Because Henry Cavill, I think, is pretty tall. Um, yeah. You yeah, know, I guess, yeah. So, see, no, The Rock I'm, isn't that tall. I the know, Rock, but, he but, just is but still they broad. seem like it. They just, like, project it. You know what I mean? Okay, Jason six Momoa is 64. So he's probably taller than The Rock. Yeah, he's probably yeah, Oh, yeah. But, but, like, there's just, like, this impression of, like, you know, like, physical presence just because they're so like powerful looking you know what sure. i mean or or perhaps part of it is that you know like when the rock is in a movie like he he gets like shorter co-stars so then he just like by default seems sure. you know yeah but yeah well i mean it depends who you're if, is your man the one that can build a high-end gaming computer from scratch um or a man that uh, likes to drink beer and throw axes Drink beer and throw axes. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Oh, Dwayne Johnson is six foot three, so he is he is just shy of Jason Momoa. Yeah. Now, now I have to know Henry Cavill. I'm sorry, Alan. <laughs> We're having you look up the most ridiculous stuff right now, but I'm so curious. Can you please? <laughs> oh, six oh. or wow, well, geez, interesting. That's, that's just that's just hot and bothered ladies that go and meet him. <laughs> <laughs> and you're like, oh, he was so tall. He had to be like seven feet. Okay, it wasn't seven feet, right? It was like, okay, it was like six, seven. Oh, it wasn't. So yeah. like a weird thing. I feel like the the broader like and like thicker that Dwayne Johnson becomes, the shorter he seems. Whereas like when oh, he yeah. was like slimmer, he looked taller. Oh, Henry yeah. Cavill, six foot one. Interesting. I thought he was taller than that. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. But I mean, they're all like relatively close to each other, obviously. Yeah, I mean, right. You know, it's, yeah, it's, it's not. Yeah. Except for poor it's Anthony not. Mackie registering five foot ten. <laughs> yeah, you know, um, yeah, because Chris Evans, he was around six foot something, yeah. I think, too. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, it's better than, yeah, I don't know. Interesting. Yeah. Alan it, says they're probably all estimated anyhow, which, sure. Yeah. yeah. 
Like yeah. so, like I said, uh, they're probably all like similar, very close, you know, give or take one or two inches to each other. But yeah. Anyway, okay. well, interesting side topic. Larry. I mean, we we <laughs> disagree on the the movie, but we agree on who's best from DC Universe. It's good. Agree, agree. Yeah, which is which is what's really important. Well, this is really important. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I well see, but you would you would well technically now. Mm. Dwayne Johnson is going to be in the DCU. I know, I know. I'm very excited to see Black Adam. So, yeah. So yeah, so he'd be he'd obviously be my my first true true love. But um, see, but now we disagree again. But yeah, I haven't seen Black Adam yet. You know, so I was just yeah. kind of going off of like who's out there now. Sure. Yep. So, but yeah. Anyway, to br- okay. to bring it back to Woman in the Window. <laughs> with with our with our marvel superhero anthony mackie yeah um mm-hmm. yeah overall um i i just thought this movie could have been better than it was not that it was absolutely terrible um but overall just kind of disappointed because i i saw a little bit more potential in this movie and i just don't think it quite delivered sure so but all right but, for somebody who didn't, you know, read the book, I think this yeah. movie was probably better than than what I'm feeling having read the book. So, so you give it a thumbs down. I I give it a thumbs up. All right. Ooh, disagreement. Exciting. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah, that's um the woman in the window. Mm-hmm. Go ahead and read the book or watch the film. Take your pick. Yeah. Um, actually, if you, you just on. listen to us talk about it, probably you just don't do any of it because <laughs> do it now. Um, yeah. But yeah, if you have seen the film or read the book and you agree or disagree, let us know um, your thoughts in the comments, either here on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, um, anywhere like that. And I would hope you would follow us there as well and, and share out the video. You know, if you watch this. And you like it, someone else might like it. So share it. Then no. Mm-hmm. We're gonna have more guests coming in the future. Mm-hmm. Um, all kinds of things happening here. So stay tuned. Um, otherwise, we want to thank Killing the Flower, the band, for our theme song. They can be found on Instagram, YouTube, and Spotify. So go ahead and take a look at their stuff. Also, generally speaking, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, uh, I'm usually streaming with my brother-in-law, Lucas333. Mentioned him at the beginning of the show. That's Lucas with a K uh, here on Twitch. Um, We play some Fortnite. And then often towards the end of the stream, now we've been doing words, stream words, words with streamers, something like that. And basically, it's like scrambled words and uh, scrambled Mm. letters, and you have to quickly as you can um on you know find as many words as possible and keep progressing to the next levels and stuff fun. so yeah it's a lot of fun for the chat to participate in and stuff so mm-hmm. yeah um that should about do it for us uh here at popcast on the rocks for episode 60 thanks for tuning in and uh thanks for joining me andrea of course cheers everybody <laughs>